Well, morning, everybody. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing to uh, uh, get to connect and touch base and, you know, first thing in the morning on a new week. And uh, even as we get started, uh, let me just start with with a quick presentation of my, my learnings, actually. Like uh, Samson spoke, I'm not a preacher, uh, I run a business and and I'm, uh, I compiled a set of insights that I've, uh, uh, I have basically uh, acquired uh, along with some teaching that from repurposing business. And uh, some of these are learnings from uh, Brett, but I've coupled uh, some of these with some thoughts that I would basically have acquired through our own difficult times. And uh, I thought I should just share this with you. So, uh, and I'm going to use the PowerPoint uh, as reference, and uh, for us to basically look at some points which may be which may be critical for us to learn. So, planning in difficult times. I think I'm. I don't want to sound uh, gloom and doom to start with, but I think uh, we all uh, recognize and understand that uh, we are going through. Uh, well, some say hard times. Some would say difficult times, but times are definitely different than what they would have been normally, even a year ago. And uh, I think situations have uh, changed significantly. And uh, in that, in this, in this process that we go through, in this time that we are going through, the question is, what posture should we take? What should be our uh, attitude? What should we uh, look at? How should we position ourselves? And for us to do that, I thought it's important for us to understand what is changing. Is it changing or not? And I think uh, while we discuss with our friends and colleagues, some are going through difficult situations. Some businesses are going through good situations. Right? And I think it's important for us to understand what is happening around us, around the world for us to take notice of. And these things that are happening around the world may be important for us to look at and understand. And I just thought I'm going to have a slide or two which talks about the change that's happening in the world, which we need to recognize. Uh, so and I'm saying this is either a reset or a restart for many businesses, right? But it has brought about a definitive change. Now, for example, uh, CS, all of us understand, is talking about 80 to 100% of the staff are going to work from home. Now, that's a definitive change the way that people are going to do. I'm sure some of us are part of that ecosystem and some of us are not, but it will affect everybody in that process. Uh, McKenzie, I just picked up some things that McKenzie has been talking about and it says some industries uh, are basically battered uh, disastrously, but not beaten. Some have, uh, some have new opportunities coming up. If you look at the entire digital delivery, thing will feature really large in the post uh, pandemic future we see things like uh, the auto industry we are, i'm given to believe that almost like a hundred billion dollars of profits will get wiped out now that's something to uh, look at the indoor dining you know around the world has uh, seen some impact positively and negatively banking has changed and will change you know digitized decision making will will change the way banking is done. Insurance is changing significantly. I'm given to believe that a Chinese company, 
covered almost like 15 million people in just one month. Right? So that's a different mode and method of selling. Uh, in the US, digital health, people used to use digital health uh, in 2019, and that was 11%. In 2020, it was 46%. Education has significantly changed, right? And, but positively and negatively. While uh, we got to see from friends and other people that almost like 55, 56,000 uh, students from India went overseas to study. At the same time, the lower income students, the dropout rates I'm given to believe will rise by 55% will delay graduation. So those are changes in the industry that will force us to change the way we do things and the way we do business. There's been a mentality change the Silicon Valley and especially for the people who have been in technology and other things understand. And there's been focus on growth and growth quarter on quarter, a month on month growth. You know, growth at all costs, growth and growth funded by money of a certain kind. Now that's changed from growth to profit. So that's a significant change. This has definitely changed the way organizations, you know, uh, think about work and organizations are forced to rethink the way they work. Now that's because, and that has led almost 74% of CFOs uh, believe that they will shift their employees to remote locations. This is a Forbes study, and uh, there's a greater reliance on e-commerce. There is less group entertainment. There's greater emphasis on health and wellness and a whole lot of stuff, right? And finally, we do notice that 40% of businesses never reopen after disaster, right? And we will be caught in these things. And, and we need to look at planning from that perspective. So what should we do and what should we look at? Now, before we look at what the script says and how we need to uh, adopt a posture, some universities are even making the statement of saying that the experience of coronavirus has provided an opportunity for us to <clears throat> rethink our purpose. So, I, I think it's a great opportunity, if you ask me, in terms of looking at saying, well, uh, while there is gloom and doom, while there's reset, while there's positivity, while there's different of things, it may be a great opportunity for us to rethink our own purpose, rethink you know, where we are headed towards, where were we heading before, and where are we heading now? And that gives us a great opportunity to relook at our own businesses, Relook at our own selves, replan uh, our strategies, right? And this gives us a great opportunity to replan without inhibition, replan because the entire world is going through a rework, right? So, and hence, as we relook and replan, one of the critical things for us would be to look at things, should we rethink the way we've been looking at things? Often, there's been this thing that we've been uh, that we've been that we've been involved in, and it's about balancing our life in various things. We balance between work and other things that we do. We balance between work and ministry. We balance various aspects of our life, and we believe that's how we compartmentalize ourselves. And we need to balance these various things that we get involved into. I think there's an opportunity for us to rethink if we need to if we need to move towards an integrated life, right, from just having been balancing our lives. So, we look at 
integration of business and ministry is business if we look at our business and say our business is our ministry should we integrate that together as part of a planning exercise in this opportunity that we this great opportunity that we get and which i think is a once in a lifetime opportunity should we now take time aside to look at integrating you know our business and say that my business is my ministry should we look at integrating our work and worship and like brett says uh, the word that we use for work and worship the hebrew word is is the same common word uh, in the old testament it means you know work worship and service and and the, this is how the hebrews uh, looked at work and uh, should we integrate work and and worship should we look at integrating our vocations and our avocations and avocation basically means your hobbies and vocation means uh, our occupation now these today are actually on on a dichotomous scale right when i say dichotomous scale they are on the same scale but they are on two ends of the scale and often we struggle with these dichotomies we try to balance these and it's important for us to rethink the way we look at these and see if there's enough margin that's available for us in each of these when i say margin it's it's about saying do we have enough time around these right do we or do we stuck today our lifestyles before the covid has been chock a block we have been running pillar to post no time uh, to do anything no margin for anything but i think if we look at an integrated life where we integrate these aspects together uh, our lives could be different we could have more margins and we can reduce dichotomy uh, significantly while we rethink this it may be important for us to look at the second point which is how do we repurpose ourselves how do we get our businesses into god's business uh, often uh, i'm sure all of us have gotten into business uh, some of us by accident some of us because that was the work that we did before some of us inherited a business some of us believed you know that this business can bring us great revenue opportunity uh, some of us uh, could have extended our occupation into a business and often uh, we basically have got a business and we want god to bless that business for us and when we get and some of us have been possibly in the business for years together now most of us may not have quite understood or saying well are we in god's business where are we and we continuously ask god to bless our business so the question i think that needs to be asked today and i think i would i would urge us to consider is do we understand god's business because if we have to get our business into god's business we need to understand god's business the first thing uh, one aspect that we may look at from from looking at god's businesses it's all about people it's all about all about liberating people it's all about improving things for people and 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 understanding god's heart for people when we look at the scripture and we see uh, that uh, jesus spoke about his father's business most of the time and uh, i picked up two two key scriptures when jesus said you know that uh, i always do the things that are pleasing to him right and he said did you not know that i must be about uh, my father's business when uh, in luke 2 now both these uh, is, is signify his focus his absolute commitment his priority and is in his entirety he spoke about 
you know, him, his coming to do his father's business. Similarly, our businesses have to be aligned and saying that I am doing my father's business and that's understanding uh, God's business. Sometimes God leads us into something which is his business. Sometimes God leads us into uh, situations to understand what his business is. And we need to be sensitive to that situation that God leads us into. Sometime, uh, like the pandemic, has driven us into a crisis and it has given us a clearer understanding about the situations that our businesses expose us to. And it has helped us identify flaws. It has helped us identify uh, things that require to be fixed. And, and we see God's leading into something and, and God leads us into something so that he can achieve something. God leads us into a crisis situation because he wants us to understand the situations, uh, situation that is around in that crisis situation. And if you look at uh, uh, when God leads us into a, into a situation, he's expecting us to do better. Uh, I would even say that God even raises the bar for us to improve. Uh, what we're doing in a, through our businesses. So when we look at uh, a situation such as this that we are in, it's important for us to start seeking opportunities that can bless others. First Thessalonians speaks about uh, how we need to seek to do good and, and to one and everyone, right? And Galatians talks about uh, how we need to look at seeking for opportunities, Right? and especially for the for the ones who are the household of faith. So the uh, there's this great opportunity that we have when as uh, for us to repurpose our businesses to see, can our businesses bless others? Can our businesses bless people uh, who are close to God's heart or issues that God is seeking to, to fix? When we get into this mode of understanding, uh, the situation that we're in, we our integration and then our purpose, it's important that we start planning. And there are ways, there are multiple ways to plan and uh, there are worldly ways to plan. And there are, uh, the, 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 even the scriptures talk about the, the worldly planning that actually happens. And I'm not really discussing how we plan, uh, but I would look at highlighting some points and this I'm picking up from our own planning uh, P of the REAPS, uh, REAPS 10P model. And here, when we look at David's census, uh, David went and did a census to figure out the number of fighting men that he had. And God was absolutely displeased with, with that uh, activity that David got onto. The reason God was not as pleased was because David, while he was planning, was actually looking at assessing his own strength uh, for uh, so that he could understand, you know, uh, what should he do and how should he do things. But all along, David had relied on God, and God had given the victory. The second uh, key thing that we look at is uh, is uh, this thing about Moses when he sends scouts to figure out the land, and and God was not as pleased. Now. The worldly planning is about us assessing our strength alone 
and not relying completely on God. So uh, there are a whole lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, verses, scripture verses, which talks about, uh, you know, planning and the way we plan. But we look at uh, these as, as methods of worldly planning. Godly planning. And when we say godly planning, about, I'm talking about the plan that God comes up with. And if you notice, whether salvation or creation, it is a grandiose plan. God is planning across years. God is planning across history. God is planning well in advance. So if you look at the ark uh, or you look at uh, Joseph's planning for the long. So some of these things are about how planning has been done for the good of people. So you look at uh, how uh, planning was done well in advance for a longer or a, for a better good right across across God's uh, kingdom. Now, question that we have to ask while we start planning is, are we uh, thinking godly? Is our planning godly or is our planning uh, an Excel spreadsheet plan which does not uh, take into consideration the thinking of how God would want to plan? Now, when we look at planning, I think it's important for us to understand some of the counter principles to godly planning. Secular humanism says there is, there is no God. It's all up to us to do it, do the planning. We need to do our best with our own resources. Uh, and uh, that's the that's counter principle. When we look at Christian humanism, it says God will get us to heaven, but we should not bother him too much. But the small things are not. Right? So we make our own plans with the ingenuity and resources we have, because we don't believe God is really bothered about you know, things that are happening here. Christian fatalism says, we'll wait for God to what way he feels. And many of us, and I've seen many businessmen, right, uh, wait for God to do what way he feels and they have no plan. So uh, there's no planning and uh, there's no thinking and we are just waiting for God to do whatever uh, he feels. Sometimes we plan and we don't necessarily uh, take our plans to the Lord. And Isaiah says, those who try to hide the plans from the Lord are, well, I would say they're already doomed. Right? So, so we need to take these into consideration and planning. We all know very well that the plans of the heart belong to a man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who's hasty comes surely to poverty. It's a critical verse, which because in our anxiety, we become hasty. In our desperation, we start acting. And when we depend on God and we depend and we build the plan according to uh, his will, and his kingdom in mind, we would not be hasty because we know that God is going to lead us and God will uh, enable us to execute his plan. Our plans become God's plan. Right? When uh, This is almost like a message piece, you know, where in Thessalonians, we talk about how uh, we need to pray that God will fill us with good ideas and acts of faith. Now, when planning, it's 
there are two other aspects that we look at here, which is what is the faith that we bring in? What is our plan, just a plan of activities? Or does it, has it provided enough margin for faith? And hence, when we look at best practices and foundational principles, you notice that when you look at our foundational principles, we, have, we would say that we need to have faith built in, into our planning. Whereas uh, when you look at the best practice, uh, best practices will talk about, you know, you plan so that you can control the limited resources. Uh, in today's situation, you plan so that these limited resources can give you as much output as you possibly can. You plan so that people can be restricted. People can uh, do what you want them to do. Uh, by, but if you look at from a foundational principle, we we'll talk about, you know, you have faith and you have enough faith that God will provide the resources. You expect the best because God will bless it. And you plan in a manner in which we release people rather than oppress people. Now, a quick couple of things on planning and, I, and this sums it up. Planning for us is an exercise of faith. So what would this mean? It would mean that we are planning for things that we can't see. We are planning for things that we understand God is leading us into. We're planning for things because we know clearly that this is what God wants us to do in terms of either liberating his people or blessing his people. Planning is critical and important, and we need to plan because God is a God of order and not chaos. We need to, we need to, uh, we need to plan in a manner where we don't carry about an extra tunic because we don't have to worry. And this is where we believe that God provides us the ability, God provides us the resources, and God will lead us through the plan. Sometimes, uh, some of us, uh, well, I think especially those of us who actually have done thinking that uh, we need to plan every single aspect, every single line item, and we get into planning at a level of uh, detail. Sometimes over planning can actually uh, be also, you know, not just time consuming, but may not help us achieve things. Do our plans reinforce the purpose of our organization? And this is a question I like to leave behind as we close with another one or two points, which would be, you know, uh, do we have a plan? Have we built a plan? Have we built, uh, can we achieve the purpose of our lives and our business through our plans? And our plans should help us achieve the purpose of our lives and our businesses. Finally, I will look at two more points, which is uh, planning entails, as we get onto planning, we have done the planning, we, it entails inquiring of God. And I remember uh, David in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 1, uh, you know, David inquires uh, not just if he can go into one of these cities, right? But he also inquires which one. And is our posture that way? Do we look at our plan being, uh, being uh, evaluated by God every now and then? Do we inquire God every moment of our life? Do we look for signs? Now, obviously, you know, we all struggle with this thing about lack of clarity, even when we, even we, when we are planned, even when we know for sure that we've been led by God. How do we look for signs? I remember Jonathan, 
you know, who actually goes ahead and does things by himself. There's no great plan, but he's got a small plan about going up against the Philistines. And uh, But he has looked up for a sign. And he says, if they come after me, uh, and uh, if they come and say, come up to us, uh, we will basically, we know, that the, we know that the Lord has given them to us. So there's some sign that we're looking at. And I'll be asking, are we, are we looking at God and asking for those signs? Planning expects miracles. The planning requires the expectation of miracles happening continuously through our lives and through the process. Are we expecting miracles happening? Uh, is that part of a plan? Uh, is, do we plan to receive miracles uh, right, through, right through our financial year? And while we execute the plan, two things came to my mind. And one, while we execute the plan, we are very certain that God has blessed this plan for us and we start the year. But right through the year, uh, I remember Moses when, you know, Moses, uh, this is just before the parting of the Red Sea. Uh, uh, Moses is there and he's cried and he basically, you know, tells his people saying, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, you know, which will work for you today and, and blah, blah, blah. And he even says the Lord will fight for you. But then I'm sure between verse 14 and 15, he's beginning to cry. He's beginning to panic. And he's possibly, uh, possibly this is a long time between four, verse 14 and 15. And which is why I do believe in verse 15, the Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Uh, tell the people to go forward. Now that's an act of faith. Often we get stuck crying. We get stuck because we think, you know, we have prayed, we have confessed, we have proclaimed, but we can't see uh, action and uh, we stop. Joshua is another thing that comes to my mind. And, you know, he, uh, he knows there is, uh, you know, God is against them. And, you know, he's, uh, uh, he's crying, you know, he's, uh, well, he's fallen actually on his face. He's not crying, he's fallen on his face. And, and uh, God says, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? He's expecting him to get up and act. Often in our businesses, we are either crying or we are falling on our face, thinking, uh, asking for apologies, and, and we, are, we are spending a lot of time just doing that. It may be worthwhile for us to consider to stop crying and get up and act. Now, in summary, as we close this, I think there are five points that I would like to put up for our consideration. It may be important for us now to start rethinking about you know, how we were balancing and move on to integrating our life, integrating our business with our ministry, integrating our work and worship, integrating our vocations and our vocations. It may be important for us to repurpose completely, getting our business into God's business. Uh, and while we plan, it may be important for us to plan uh, with a godly planning. And as we plan, it's important that we inquire God, look for signs, expect miracles. And while we execute the plan, it's important that we move on, stop crying, get up. And as we plan, let's plan to integrate, liberate, and excel. And like Ezra, in Ezra, you know, uh, finally, you know, people come up and say, you know, have the courage, be of good courage. And let's go ahead and do it. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. And we thank you, Lord, for we know that you speak to us through different ways and means. And Lord, 
We thank you, Lord, for you have not just created us, but Lord, you enable us to do things uh, to fulfill your plan on earth, Lord, and to extend your kingdom. And Lord, we especially pray for our brothers. Lord, and I pray that you revive uh, these businesses. Lord, you would great, give great opportunities. Lord, and as each one of us, Lord, try and understand your business. Lord, I especially pray for Brother Sanjay and Brother Duncan, Lord, and I pray that you'd revive their businesses in a manner in which it glorifies your name. Lord, I pray that you would enable them to plan things in a manner which brings your kingdom on earth, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you give them opportunities which glorify your name. Lord, we give them opportunities which will help them excel in a manner through which people can get liberated, the lives can be liberated, and they can be repurposed. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we pray that you continue to bless us this day and this week. I pray that your blessings may abound on us, Lord, and we can experience your goodness in every single thing that we do this week. For we commit ourselves and we yield ourselves to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.